An Instagram post gets an unexpected boost. A TikTok catches in the algorithm. Sometimes that's all it takes to launch someone into internet fame. But then what? This Blew Up is a new podcast documentary that reveals how social media stardom is made. It's a different kind of fame that's not always as glamorous as it looks. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, I'm Alyssa Bereznak. You can listen to This Blew Up on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes has arrived in IMAX. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. And welcome to Recipe Club, the podcast where we debate the best way to cook the things you want to eat. My name is Chris Ying, and this week we've got a very timely Thanksgiving episode. We have not one, but two recipes courtesy of our special guest, who is none other than Dave Arnold. We've spoken about Dave Arnold a number of times on this podcast and many, many, many times over on the Dave Chang show. But if you are unfamiliar with him, uh, Dave is the founder of the Museum of Food and Drink. He's the host of the podcast Cooking Issues. He's an author. He's an inventor. And he's just generally an authority and guru and knower of all things having to do with the science of cooking. We are Huge fans of Dave Arnold. He has been a friend of Dave's and the Momofuku family for many, many years. And if you know him or his work already, then you will agree that his not having been on this show yet has been an utter and complete travesty. So we are correcting that. Dave Arnold is our guest today. And in addition to his many, many professional credits, the dude loves Thanksgiving. I mean, he just goes all out, as you're going to hear him describe in just a second. And this week, he has graced us with two recipes that are perennial favorites and presences on his Thanksgiving table, Parker House Rolls and his mom's Thanksgiving stuffing. We're going to get into all that in just a second. But really quick, I want to handle a couple of quick little business housekeeping items. First, you will hear right away, as soon as I stop talking, that Dave Chang was not at his desk when we recorded this episode. In fact, he was stuck in a four and a half hour traffic jam uh, during the only slot that the three of us could manage to get ourselves together. So his wife, uh, Grace, took the wheel of the car and Dave recorded this podcast from the passenger seat. I think it sounds pretty clean. I think it sounds totally fine. But just, yeah, that was what was happening. 
Second, this is the penultimate episode of the season. Next time you hear from us after the holiday, uh, we'll be doing our season finale with the whole gang, Rachel, Priya, John, Brian. Before that, there is still time to cook any of the recipes that interested you from this season and let us know that you did so over on the Major Domo Media Discord. Again, the recipe that inspires the most people to get up and start cooking will be the winning recipe of the season and the submitter of that recipe, unless he or she is an employee of this company, will uh, be the, the winning recipe submitter. The wedgie who chose the recipe will be the champion of the season. I know debate is raging over some alleged uh, nepotism over on the Discord, but don't worry about that. Get out there, cook some things, tell us that you did so. And finally, we are also going to be posting a separate ballot on our Discord server to hand out some awards to the wedgies and the recipe submitters for different categories. So again, get on the Discord, make your voice heard, let us know what you've liked and loved from this season, and uh, we'll, we'll reveal all of our findings during the finale. Hope you all have a really wonderful, delicious, rejuvenating Thanksgiving holiday. And yeah, now on to the show. <laughs> if I'm laughing, it's because I'm uh, recording this podcast from my car because uh, I had to go to the doctor's office and I'm stuck in traffic. We're doing an episode of Recipe Club, a special one, a Thanksgiving Day episode. Isn't that the title? Thanksgiving Day episode? <laughs> I mean, it's a real creative name, really <laughs> pulling out all the stops on that one. Very audacious. Very audacious of us. <laughs> this is the Recipe Club Thanksgiving extravaganza. Recipe Club, for those of you who don't know, is the podcast where we debate the best way to cook the things you want to eat. We've got a very, very special guest. Hey, it's Dave Arnold, everybody. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for having me. Well, you know, you picked uh, you picked something that I like a lot. Thanksgiving stuff is like, you know, it's my favorite holiday. Is it your favorite holiday? <laughs> it's my favorite holiday. I mean, and that's why that's why I wanted you on because I know you go all out oh, for yeah. Thanksgiving. If I'm not cooking Thanksgiving, which often I don't need more because, you know, my sister, you know, has like, you know, small kids, whatever, right? I cook one for myself anyway. Just because you've got to have it. Yeah. A year or two ago, they had, they had a Thanksgiving, right? And I didn't have the leftovers that I wanted, right? I didn't have the cold turkey for sandwiches. And I didn't have leftover stuffing. So like literally on the way home from my mom's, we bought a Christmas tree and I was like, I'm buying a turkey. And I made the whole thing again the next day. Made the whole, the whole damn thing next day. Uh, that's kooky, man. Uh, we all have known Dave Arnold for a long time, Dave Chang for much longer than I have. But like, how do you like to describe yourself to the to the Recipe Club audience? We, I mean, you have so many credits to your name. We were just going over all the stuff that you're up to. You are an author. You are a podcaster. You are an inventor. You are a teacher. You are. I mean, what do you what do you what do you put on top of your billing? I mean, that's the problem. Right. Is if you can't if you can't say it in like 20, like in like 20 words, people are like, well, he doesn't he doesn't do anything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So I don't know. I mean, like uh, I like to push MoFAD. Uh, we're working with, you know, Museum of Food and Drink a lot. I like to push cooking issues because people can come ask me questions. That's the podcast. Um, you know, I'm working if I ever finish it, a, a, a new book or, you know, they should buy buy the products that, you know, Dave and I, you know, made book, you know, Booker and Dax. We're, we're still 
We're going to be making centrifuges again. I don't know, man. I don't know. I like to cook and think about things. Chang, how did you first meet Dave Arnold? And like, what, what do you think of him as? Well, I first heard about him through Wiley. And I think simultaneously, I, I think I was reading an article that uh, Pete Wells, Pete Wells, before he became the, the critic that will never quit his job at the New York Times, he was... <laughs> Right out of his cold, dead hands. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was a great writer, yeah. and he wrote uh, monthly columns for Food and Wine magazine, and there's a great article about Dave Arnold and uh, his uh, microwave obsession. I don't know exactly what happened next. I think I was at WD-50 eating a solo meal as I would on a day off, and Dave was there, and then it, it turned into like a you know El Nino perfect storm type of thing. Well, the way I remember it was that we went out once bowling with like Wiley and freaking Sam Mason at like yeah. at downtown at the lanes uh, in, in, and then like three days later, you got slammed by the health department for a sous vide. Oh, yes. And, you're, and that called. was my job. And you called me and like, I don't know if you remember this, but the school wouldn't allow me to talk to anybody because they were worried really, they were going to get in trouble. And you were like, you're useless. You're garbage. <laughs> You're a trash can. And I was like, dude, like, I'm happy to help you as a person, but I can't. I'm new at this job. <laughs> you're garbage. You're a trash can. You know what I mean? I was like, yeah. Um, it, was a, it, was a rough, it was a rough time, though. To be honest, I think that's what it was they a call a meat cute. That's a meat cute, uh, well, right? Listen, <laughs> people don't realize that I was the first person through the wall, the first person in all of New York State to get busted for, uh, cryovac and sufi cookery yeah it's so much worse than that dude i don't know how often you tell this story but like dave it like likes his kitchen <laughs> neat okay he likes his kitchen neat and so this was at the original the original noodle bar location which became co right so he yes. had a tiny tiny walk-in like a <laughs> little walk-in right and he was doing like good volume out of it. So he's like, this place is a mess. I can't, I can't freaking tolerate this. I can't tolerate it. So he gets a vacuum machine, even though he wasn't using it for like any of the fancy cooking stuff that other people were doing. And he vacs all of his stuff down portion by portion so that his walk-in would be perfect. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Health department person comes in and there had been some knucklehead in Staten Island, like vacuum stuff and leaving it on a shelf, like meat, like vacuuming it and leaving it on a shelf, not in a fridge. So they come in and they see and Dave's like, look at my beautiful walk-in. Look how neat this is. Look, look at this. And they're like, cut it all open and bleach it in front of us right now. And like, you were like, like it was like a like mental fry zone, right? God, that's insane. I, I, I may have yelled at the health inspector and then their boss and then the boss's boss which went all the way to the top. <laughs> I may have called them some kind of totalitarian state from Europe. Uh, yeah. Members. <laughs> yeah. A member yeah. of a certain national socialist party. <laughs> Wiley got hit like, like the next week they went and they hit everybody. Yeah. But I was the first and they didn't, they couldn't believe it. Right. The health inspector, he, he felt like he discovered an atomic weapon. You know, he's like, I can't believe it. I cannot believe that this tiny noodle bar has this futuristic machine. Oh my God, I'm going to get a promotion. You are in a lot of trouble, Yeah. you know, Chef Chang. And I was like, what the fuck am I? Check out my walk-in. This is the best, most organized fucking restaurant you've ever seen. 
Cutting and bleaching, cutting and bleaching. I had to cut every goddamn bag and pour bleach on all the food. And I just gotten a huge shipment of bacon and ham from Alan Benton. I mean, it, 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 that came in a cryovac fucking, I, I can't, I can't. I'm just talking about <laughs> you, it now, it's gonna be fucking you, you've, you've opened a, a sore wound here. Anyway, I made their lives a living hell. So, so in, in a nutshell, in a nutshell, Dave Arnold is is part of you know a Mount Rushmore. Well, I would say well, of listen, people who I think Dave Arnold legitimately is the smartest person I know in my life. I know a lot of smart people, and I don't say that lightly. And I think that it's a he's a godsend. He's like Gandalf the fucking wizard here to save us. Right? He doesn't have to, but he did. To, to bestow wisdom and knowledge and food science to a, a bunch of people in the culinary world that, you know, needed someone like Dave. He could do anything in the world. And I got a good story that I will have to share real, real quickly, okay? We were at this Esquire, like, Smartest People in the World Award. What was that called, uh, Dave? Know, Remember? Yeah, yeah I it do. Was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like the brightest, they got like a hundred of the brightest fucking geniuses in the world, right? And um, there was a guy that was figuring out how to deal with nuclear waste and nuclear armaments and all kinds of scientific shit. And I, I mean, I'm just excited Dave was there because Dave was making drinks behind the bar. Dave's one of the greatest bartenders in the world. Facts. Anyway, all these smart people and I like, I have no idea what the fuck all you guys are talking about. This is like way over my head. I see Dave going from conversation to conversation of the most insanely complicated topics, being able to like have discourse with all kinds of people in the room. And I'm like, oh my God, this is insane. They didn't even know who Dave was. He was this guy making drinks behind the bar. And and that was the funniest thing is they just thought that Dave was a bartender. <laughs> and then he won an award for being one of the smartest people in the world too. And they were just like, the fucking bartender? Like, what, the fuck's, what, what, what the fuck is going on? That's like that's that's the shit that dr- movies are made of though. Just like you're that's that's your goodwill hunting. I'm the janitor doing the math problem yeah. thing. So I love I love them very much. I, I and I I think there there wouldn't be a Momofuku in a lot of ways without Dave. And he helped us out from the ham program on up. So I love him very dearly, and I do know he's a Thanksgiving fiend. So that's why we wanted to have him on this podcast, uh, Dave. Arnold, let me ask you this. Does your brother-in-lawhood with Wiley ever mean you guys overlap on Thanksgiving or other holidays? Yeah. So like every other year, like, so we're a, we're a 50, 50, like I go like one year to, uh, you know, one year to my mom's for Thanksgiving and then next year to Jen's mom. So yeah. And then Wiley is usually, usually. Oh, man. I feel like that's gotta be like a, a state of the union speech sort of situation where you, you both, we can't have that much like food knowledge in one room. Like we'll lose too much of a, our, our national knowledge if you if something happens to that Thanksgiving dinner. Like my main thing is like like just don't talk about it, right? You go in and you're like, "What do you want me to bring?" And then like, if you want me to help, I'll help. Otherwise, I'll just sit here and drink. You know what I mean? Because it's like it's like is there anything worse than going into somebody's place and like cooking it not the way that they wanted to? It's not that the way you did it was bad, but like when they're a chef, you walk into their house, you're like, "Tell me what you want. I will do only that." And no more. You know what I mean? Like, so you're telling me you're telling me that you don't bicker with Wiley. <laughs> no, man, there's no there, there's no uh, freaking percentages in that. Like, why would I? You know what I mean? I show up. I'm like, uh, I have that's fucking a lie. <laughs> I've cooked with you guys. I've been in the same room with you guys. And you know what you guys do? 
you bicker and yell at each other. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm older and wiser. You know what I mean? Like, like I used to be like, um, you know, like for family dinners and stuff, like I would have my cousins in there and then we would just do nothing but yell at each other the whole time. But, it, you know, it wasn't really about food. It was just because we would find anything that we had done wrong to each other so that we could call each other an asshole. You know what I mean? That's like, what, that's the spirit of Thanksgiving, man. What, yeah, yeah. Is. <laughs> yeah, what are we talking yeah. about? But like, with you know, with in Wiley's Kitchen, I'm just like, I'll make you some cocktails, man. Like, I don't, I'm like, I'm not gonna like mess with Wiley's Kitchen when it's his kitchen. You know what I mean? Okay, we're gonna get into this now. We're t- we've been talking about Thanksgiving quite a bit on the DC show. We've been talking about it. We're we're gonna be doing all sorts of Thanksgiving content. Dave Arnold, what is the ideal blend for you when you're looking at like making Thanksgiving between like preserving tradition? doing a little showboating, trying something new. Like what is, what is like the right spiritual blend now that you're in your mature uh, old age here? I think you go to somebody's house or whoever it is and you eat whatever they make and you're happy to get it. Goddamn right. And then (laughs) if you didn't get it exactly the way you want it, you go home and you make what you wanted later. (laughs) (laughs) This is where we may differ. (laughs) I'm not going to go a whole year without my stuffing. I need it. You know what I mean? Like if the turkey was a little, if turkey, other people's turkeys are fine. People get, people get so bent over turkey. Let me tell you something else. I think we talked about this last year because you were like just after Thanksgiving, you were on cooking issues. Turkey is delicious. I hate it when people are like, oh, I have to have the turkey because it's Thanksgiving, but I really wish it was something else. Turkey is delicious. Nothing smells as good as turkey. Turkey is good. Turkey is a delicious bird. No argument that turkey smells good. No argument from us on turkey smells delicious. Turkey hey, gravy. This is, this, hey, Ying, Ying, this is one we have to tell the audience. Dave Arnold's a white guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. We didn't make that as part of the 16-minute introduction Dave Arnold. Please. We forgot. He's a white guy. <laughs> white guys did not invent the turkey. That is like wajalote. That is like from here. You know what I mean? That is like the American, like, since before Whitey ruined it, like, bird. You know what I mean? And like... <laughs> And not only does turkey smell great, turkey makes a delicious gravy. No argument on turkey gravy. No argument there. Yeah. So like, <laughs> yeah, people overcook the, the white meat and then, it, and then that's trash. Or and they undercook the, the, you know, the dark meat. And then you're like, what am I chewing on? What's happened to me? You know what I mean? But like, <laughs> that's not the bird's fault, man. I, I agree. I think what we're talking about a little bit, just not, w- listen, Chang and I have both consigned ourselves to not fight the turkey. Turkey is also part of it. Whether it's your turkey is dry or not, tradition is tradition. You do it. You can expect it every year. That's what makes it wonderful. But just really quickly, we're talking about ROI on a turkey. And Chang played this game the other day. Put in order your top three edible birds then. Domesticated. Domesticated, Domesticated edible birds. I mean, look. Yeah. I go, look. <laughs> oh, huh? I'll Who's your captain now? I'm your captain now. Look, I mean, duck is really good. Duck tastes really, really good. Duck is magic. Yeah. I believe Chang called it the pig of the waterfowl world. <laughs> I mean, duck is so good. Duck, <laughs> duck tastes really good. But I have to say also, chicken is really good. Chicken, chicken real good. Chicken <laughs> real good. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but they're all so different. You know, if you were having chicken, like, like chicken every day and someone like, and someone started cooking a turkey, you'd be like, Ooh, turkey. You know what I mean? Or like, you know, ooh, turkey, you know what I'm saying? 
Sure. Yeah, it's the third. It's the third stooge. It's the Mo. <laughs> right. You know. Okay. Oh, Mo ran that show. Mo ran that show, dude. And he lived right. so much longer than any of the rest of them. You know I, what I, mean? can, I cannot afford to lose any more audience members. We cannot get into the three stooges debate. So the recipes you sent in. So this is, again, this is a very special episode. We took the Thanksgiving man himself. We brought him in here and we asked Dave Arnold to give us his Thanksgiving recipes. You gave us a few options, including two that we chose today. Really quickly, I want you to describe the third option you presented to us, which we declined, but... What, the bionic turkey? The bionic turkey is worth a little discussion. So, uh, look, I'm going to be honest. A lot of people don't do the turkey the service that it deserves, which is why a lot of people don't like turkey. So I was like, well, how do you make the the best possible turkey without regard to time expenditure, right? And the best way to do it is to rip out all the bones inside out without cutting the turkey at all. Like you basically turn it inside out like a glove. You like freaking like, you know, completely inside out it. Then you make a stock with the bones and you stick an aluminum skeleton inside of the bird that you can (laughs) pump hot butter through. And you cook it from the inside out with hot butter in the shape of a turkey, but with no bones. Then you pull the skeleton out and then after you let it cool and then you you dry the skin, then you stuff it and then you deep fry the whole thing after it's cooked. So it's perfect. This is some Targaryen (laughs) shit, man. (laughs) I have to say, and and first of all, when you bring a turkey, when you bring a whole turkey that looks like a whole turkey, like a big ass one, because people can't cook them. Everyone wants to get a giant turkey. I'll tell you, the simplest thing I can tell you to do is buy two small turkeys. And your turkey game now just got three times better than it was when you tried to cook like a 25-pound turkey. Just get two small turkeys. What's they the cook max, much better. What's the max size of turkey you're willing to cook? I like like, you know, something around like 14, 14 to 17, 14 to 16, something like that. These 20 and jillion things, you're overcooking the hell out of the outside before the inside's done. Unless you spatchcock it. But everyone wants the whole bird. You know, what I do now, honestly, when I'm doing larger birds is I bone out the, I cut open the back, I bone out the back. You don't have to bone everything out. You don't have to be crazy. And then I heat the stuffing real hot. And then I drape, I drape the turkey over the super hot stuffing and put it back in and it cooks really quickly. That's like my, you know, you don't want to make a bionic turkey, do this instead. The money, the money though, is you, you like deep fry a whole small turkey because they deep fry well, like a, like a 15, like pound or 14, 15 pound turkey, deep fry that sucker. It's going to be good. And then joint out the second turkey, cut the into smaller pieces, and chicken fry those things. Like make them like like fried chicken. That's good. That's real good. This is just too much work. <laughs> it's too much work. Look, is it really though? You're already in the kitchen. What are you gonna do? Stand there and stare at the wall? Dinner's <laughs> gonna be done at dinner time. You know what Dave, I mean? Like I, I've, I've, I know you enough, and this is what you love most about cooking. This is way too difficult. You know the bionic turkey. No, I mean, listen, no. Yang, don't you agree? Too much. Well, yeah, Chris said that might alienate some folk. I mean, uh, yes, I thought it might alienate Dave and myself. <laughs> like, that's like you're like, go to the hardware store and find whatever piping. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to shift it out. to you. But listen, like, uh, I mean, I, in my version of the one that we actually did, though, I did an, I did a little bit of an homage to it because I had to, because 
unlike your normal recipe clubs, I was using recipes that I knew inside and out. So I felt like I needed to do something that's a little bit different to give myself a little challenge, you know? Okay. Yes. Uh, so let's get into what you did submit. So so for those of you who have been patiently waiting for us uh, chuckleheads to get to the point, I promise you are in for it, it's been worth the wait because the two recipes Dave Arnold did submit to us was number one, his mother's stuffing recipe, which uh, I believe you described as some straight 70s white folk shit, which it is. It is and oh, my God, uh, we will get to that. And the other recipe is a Parker House roll recipe. Uh, let's let's attack the stuffing first. Uh, basic method here is nothing crazy. You're sweating your onion and celery and sliced mushrooms Put that to the side. You're browning some sausage. What sausage are we browning, Dave? Jones. Arnold? The ones Jones. in the log. If you can't get Jones, like Parks, whatever, like, you know, I guess Jimmy you, Dean. Yeah, Jimmy sage. Dean. Yeah, yeah. Sage. It has to be a sage. It has to be a breakfast style sage sausage in a log. That's the important thing. Bust that log up, put that to the side. And basically, you're just mixing all of that together with a little more fat, some egg, uh, torn up chunks of Pepperidge Farm white bread. Yeah, that texture. Like not wonder, not fancy, not dried. The secret edition of canned mandarin oranges. The main and I would say only seasoning is poultry seasoning. Right. Salt and pepper. Plus salt and pepper. You are tossing that all together and then cooking it as you like, whether you're going to put that under the bird, cook it separately, whatever you're going to do. So let's start here. Where does this recipe originate? How long have you been making this recipe? This recipe has not changed since I can remember it. I, I can probably remember back to when I was like five. So this is at least 47 years. And I talked I talk to my mom. So she based this recipe on my dad's mom's recipe that they, she then changed. Like she added like the mandarin oranges and, you know, uh, like the pre-browned sausage. The real secrets are the mandarin oranges and the sausage grease. You know what I mean? Sausage grease mandarin oranges and like uh and like you know a lot of butter basically and she also added mushrooms my 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 grandma she said didn't add mushrooms so my mom like came up with this recipe sometime in the early 70s and it just hasn't changed and i feel like i was blessed with it i feel like it was handed down almost like you know moses with the tablets and like yeah. i don't mess with it like i mess with everything i don't mess with the i don't mess with it you know what i mean <laughs> How many stuffings, Chang, and and how many how many stuffings do you think each of you, varieties of stuffing over the course of your lives, do you think you have made? One. This is the only one you've ever, <laughs> ever made. I've eaten many people's stuffings. I'm not okay. one of those people mm-hmm. like at Louis' lunch or Sally's or Peppy's where I'm like, I don't eat other people's stuffing. You know what I mean? Like, that's not me. But like, I mean, I've made other stuffings for other things. Like, I've made okay. stuffings for quail. I've made stuffings for chickens. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I've done non-Thanksgiving stuffings, but I've never done a different stuffing for Thanksgiving. Um, okay. I'm, I'm scene setting here. Chang, how many stuffings do you think that you have made over the course of your life? A dozen mm-hmm. or so. Across just all sorts of different kinds. You've done super yeah. fancy. You've done the box. You've done, yeah. you know, every single thing. A do- dozen plus. I've probably experimented with about a dozen as well and had probably a diff- a, a, at least a bite of a different stuffing every year of my life. Somebody's stuffing every single year of my life. Just setting, <laughs> wow. just setting, wow. just setting the stage for uh, for for context around this stuffing because I think there are going to be some big declarations about this stuffing, and I want to make sure people know where everything's coming from. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. 
We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Dave Arnold, why don't you talk us through your your process? Why don't you just start by talking us through your making of this? You made it again for us, I presume. Yeah. Talk us through this this time. So I made this time, I, uh, be, again, because like, it's like such a part of my life, this stuffing, like I wanted to do it like a, a little bit differently. And I don't usually make it without a turkey. So I, I bought a turkey, you know what I mean? <laughs> And I, I took the skin off the turkey. I like took the skin off the turkey and then I confied the legs and the thighs, you know, and just to have some turkey with it. <laughs> and then uh, after I made the stuffing, I meat glued it all back into a turkey shape and then cooked it in the shape of a turkey so that you could just slice it and have some of the turkey skin with the stuffing. That's what I did. This is that look all how happy, did? Look how happy he is. is that all? He's just like he's like, Ralph, he's, he's like just... Ralph in the Christmas story. He's just got the BB gun. He looks so happy. <laughs> yeah. It was, I did enjoy doing it. I really half-assed the meat glue though. Like I thought like I got to the part where the meat glue and I'm like, oh, I don't need to like cover everything with plastic wrap and make it all tight. Cause, I, cause like, I didn't want to make it into a log. I didn't want to make it look like a French, like a, like a, like a ballotine or a galatine. I wanted it to look like a turkey. So I didn't do a tight wrap on it, but that meant that it was impossible to get everything to hold together right. But I think it looked mostly turkey-ish by the end. It looked, you know, I glued the wings back onto it. You know what I mean? I used the enzyme to glue the wings back on. So so before we get to Chang's, Chang's uh, tale of the stuffing here, let me ask you about a, spe- a couple specific questions about the ingredients that go into mom stuffing here. First, can you talk to me about, like, I think most... Most stuffing recipes would ask you to either dry the bread or toast the bread first or whatever, ostensibly so, you know, then it can suck up a bunch of moisture. This does not. You're right. just tearing it up straight out of the bag. That's that's one question I want to ask you about. And then I want to ask you about poultry seasoning and I want to ask you about mandarin oranges. But just let's start with like toasted versus untoasted bread here. Yeah. So I'm not going to go ahead and say that anyone else's technique is wrong. It's just not how this recipe works. And if you make this recipe, you can see that you definitely don't need to do it the way that you have been doing it. If you use dry bread, right? Like whatever your recipe is now, I'm sure it's fine. Dave, don't give us the piece. Don't give us. Fuck you, man. Don't give me this PC version of Dave Arnold. Uh, That is not why I wanted you here. I wanted you to burn shit down. Tell us the truth. I mean, why would you? Why would you do it? Why do you, why would you dry it out? What are you making a freaking ribolito? Like, why are you drying it out? What are you, what are you doing? You know what I mean? It's like, uh, look, part of it goes down to this, right? So my mom, she got really mad because I told her I was doing it. I actually had to tape after I FaceTimed her because I didn't want to like represent her stuffing and have it not be exactly the way she wanted it. So I like FaceTimed her when I was done. And she was like, did you tell them to lift and fluff it when you mix and not to mash it together? And I was like, no, mom, I didn't. She's like, you must tell them that. I was like, fine. And I think maybe that's what it is. It's like people are like, (laughs) and so like they need the bread to be so stiff that it doesn't get mashed into oblivion, like into like little hard balls. But the fact of the matter is, you know, if you start dry, you need to add so much liquid to it to make it palatable so it's not crumbly. 
I don't really like the stuffings when they're crumbly. This thing holds together almost like a put, like a like like a like chunks of bread pudding, or like like it holds together in a way that I find particularly appealing. And that's not going to happen with most of your dried bread things. And it's an extra step. It's a very long extra step to try out all of your bread for stuffing. And it makes it worse. Think about this. I always make a preposterous amount of this stuff. So I can just go, like, I can go right now, buy bread. I can have this stuffing done in an hour. Yeah, absolutely. What is the deal with poultry seasoning? And what are you, what are you looking for when you're directing people to go buy poultry seasoning, which was not something I had ever purchased before? So... In my life, I don't go buy pre-made blends usually, right? Except for like a lot of us buy like Madras curry blends or we'll buy, you know, we'll, we'll buy, there's certain brands, blends that like people feel okay buying. But a Oriental lot of times, chicken salad dressing. Right. Ranch powder is delicious, P.S. Poultry seasoning is just one of those things. It's like, a, it's like mostly sage and like other stuff. You know what I mean? And it's dry over the hill, like not the best quality. So you want, your mind wants to replace it with the fresh herbs that are in it, but that's just not the answer here. Uh, Dave, walk us through your experience of Dave Arnold's mother's stuffing. So I, I gotta say, I wasn't prepared for this recipe because I was expecting a bionic stuffing version, knowing Dave. I was expecting the most complicated, most labor-intensive, most time-sucking and <laughs> stuffing recipe of all time. Remove the interior was. of the bread without touching the <laughs> <Yeah>. exterior. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was not looking forward to it, to be honest. With you. And then when I saw the, the recipe was, you know, a, it was like a it was so abbreviated, it felt like a haiku, you know, or limerick or something like that, you know? And I'm like, oh. And then I saw the man on oranges and I was like, oh, he's just punking us. I immediately wanted to hate it because I was like, this fucking guy is just punking us. He's like, oh, I'm going to give him a fucking short recipe. I'll show these motherfuckers. That's what I thought it was going to be. But I, I did it step by step. I didn't find Pepperidge Farm at the store. I was at Vaughn's, but I found a no, having grown up on Pepperidge Farm, I found a bread that was similar. And I think it's very important for people to know that. It's still white bread. It's still soft, but it's a density issue, right? You can't have it be so soft that when you do mix it together, and I think uh, when you mix it together, I was mixing it like it was a biscuit or something like that, like a salad, right? Or a panzanella salad. You don't want to like scrunch it up. Um, I don't find the, the, the exact sausage, but I find a Jimmy Dean's sage flavored. And then I don't follow the recipe exact. And I think Dave will understand what I did here. I started sauteing the sausage immediately with a whole stick of butter. Then as I break that up, I'm adding the sliced mushrooms, button mushrooms, the carrots, the celery, the onions. And I couldn't find poultry seasoning. I didn't find it in the spice rack. I found Montreal steak seasoning, but they didn't have any chicken seasoning. So what I did was, I was like, what would Dave do? I was like, oh, you know what has that chicken flavoring? That that it's that uh, the Ajinomoto chicken uh, bouillon paste that comes in a jar. So I added a teaspoon of that. Then I added a, a, a sprig of fresh thyme. I thought, eh, that I don't know if poultry seasoning actually has chicken flavor. Does it have chicken flavor? No, but I mean, it sounds fine. I mean, the thyme is going to pop it out. It's like thyme and and sage, but there's already sage in the sage sauce. My, sausage, uh, so. Mine, mine is marjoram, thyme, onion, black pepper, sage, rosemary. It's just like a powderized. So I, I figured there was got to be a little thyme. So I just put a small sprig, right? And 
I just mixed that in. I added a little bit of little bit of water, and then I opened up the can of Mandarin Origins. And I, 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 I got to be honest, Dave. I've already told the Dave Chang Show listeners that it's the best stuffing <laughs> recipe I've ever made in my life. And and shame on me for not having an open mind that this recipe was going to be amazing because it takes a giant shit on every other fucking <laughs> Thanksgiving recipe I've hate, ever made. I hate takes a giant shit. Because <laughs> <laughs> it does. Man. It does. It is beautiful in its simplicity. And the the mandarin oranges to me is what is the the secret weapon. It adds the acidity and the sweetness that ties all the the beautiful parts of that stuffing together. And because it's not dry, it's light and fluffy. It tastes like not really stuffing to me, but a savory, delicious bread pudding. And I cooked it out, and then I uh, I spatchcocked the chicken, and I just roasted on top of that. And the reason, another reason why you do not need to add any liquid to this is there's so much juice that comes from the bird that gets into the stuffing. So you don't need to. So as good as the stuffing is pre-bird, that's another thing. The stuffing is delicious. Like once you make it, then when you, it, when you add it with the bird, it's a wholly different thing. I mean, everybody in my house, there are four adults in the house. Every single person said, that's the best stuffing <laughs> I've ever had in my life. My wife, who's sitting next to me driving this car said, I hope that's the stuff you're making for Thanksgiving. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate that. My mom I told Chris Yang that this is the best stuffing and it should be the winner of Recipe Club, hands down. There's not even a question in my mind. It is so good. It's so easy. It's everything I want in a recipe for Recipe Club. It's innovative. It tells a story that's meaningful to Dave and to Dave's mom. Clearly, she cares about it. And to Dave's uh, father. And most importantly, it's shockingly delicious. I endorse this recipe more than any recipe I've ever endorsed. <laughs> And I'm not just saying that. It's like this, I guarantee if you follow this recipe, you will you will be blown away. Absolutely blown away. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it, Dave. It's fucking good. It's so good. And there's no way that you, you're not going to fucking love this thing. But you can see why I, I, rest you, my case. You can see why I don't mess with it, though. Like, why would I mess with it? Well, I could see you scrunch up your face when you when I said I had a chicken bouillon Whatever, paste. Man. It's the you got the base there. You got the base of what's going on. You can play around with it, but I don't feel and like that's your version of it. And maybe you make it that way forever, and that's great. You know what I mean? But like for me, like I have to have it exactly the way that I have it. But then it was like I feel like like it's like you say the mandarin oranges are key. The the crumbled brown sausage with the grease, the extra butter, and the the style of bread makes it into that kind of bread pudding thing. And like, once you have that, I mean, other people are, obviously people are free to do what they want. So like they can move around in that. But I think like, that's the main kind of lesson of the recipe. And so I just don't mess with it also because it's my family's recipe, you know? Can I, can I add one more thing? Um, a question on the mandarin oranges, how well are you draining those oranges? Cause I believe some of that liqueur, the sweet liqueur actually, <laughs> would benefit next time i make this i might add a, a little bit more of that all right so what i always do is i drain i drain the can into a pyrex and i keep it there and then i decide what i'm going to do oh so sometimes you add it sometimes like so the, the question is like when i look at it and i feel like i've already added so much butter i've like i've already added so much butter and my mom doesn't like me to add too many eggs 
Like I added more, when I told her how many eggs I added to the batch that I made, she's like, that's a lot of eggs. I'm like- How many eggs did you do for a, a single loaf? I did two. So like I did two and a half loaves and I used six eggs. So mom's All like, right. that's a little too much. <laughs> mom's like, you should have done four or five. I did two and a half loaves, but I always overmake it because it's like one of those things where I told you I've been burned in the past where there's not enough left. And then like everyone takes it and then like. So let me, let me, let me jump in with my experience here. I, I now hate this stuffing because I ate so much of this stuffing last night that I fucking hate. I cannot even look at it anymore. I made a single loaf's worth of stuffing for my two children who don't eat anything, my wife and myself, and there's like barely any left. I, I ate so much of this that I have come to hate it. Like I'll, I'll like my refractory period on liking a food will, re, will bounce me back in time for Thanksgiving. This is 100%. This is my 100% my Thanksgiving stuff, stuffing now, like bar none. This is it. It's, it's what I'm going to do. It's so, it's so delicious. I, I didn't find Pepperidge Farm or, or the sausage in question. I used like, I think the bread was like home pride or something, but it was like, it was that kind of like white, but not like collapse under its own weight squishiness. It's like, you know, cheap white bread. I sauteed everything in butter. I did it like, you know, the vegetables and then the sausage and I was kind of like incrementally adding butter to every stage of the saute to the point where I must, I just lost track of how much butter I put in there. Either it has to be three sticks of butter in this fucking, <laughs> in my stuffing. It's so much butter. You know, I, I added three eggs. I wanted to like add a little bit more moisture. And so I, I <laughs> melted a little bit more butter just to have it. And then I did, I Ching, I, I sort of did the same thing. I grabbed a little, I had, I had poultry seasoning, but I threw a little bit of the bouillon paste in with the butter and just like a tiny bit of water and just use that to moisten. My favorite part about this though, was like, like Dave did, I spatchcocked a chicken and just laid it on top of the stuffing in the roasting pan, slid it in there and roasted it for the full time. So that actually like the parts that were not covered by the chicken, by the bird were like extra crispy but the part under the bird was like extra saturated and just mixing that all together at the end you get like a perfect fucking blend of like extremely mushy soft stuffing with like toasty crunchy bits like it's unbelievable and if anybody's wondering like you know chang's asked about the mandarin origins and everything they don't they don't stick out. It's not like you have a bite and you're like, oh, no. I got a chunk of mandarin that's orange. Why that's why it's magic. It's pure fucking dark arts magic. It's crazy. Yeah. I asked my mom, I was like, yo, mom, what made you do the mandarin oranges? She was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, nobody can explain. That's the divine inspiration, man. The burning bush, dude. It's like, it just blends into the background. It's like, makes it a little sweet. It's, it's moisture like Dave is saying too. Like, it's so good. Um, the thing that was really magic, I know, I know Chang didn't find it, but, and I've like you, like you, Dave Arnold, like I've never used the whatever seasoning mixes, taco seasoning, stuff like that. But I sprinkled tons of this poultry seasoning on as, as directed and I tasted it. And I was like, it was, it was a fucking straight up ratatouille moment. Where I was like, that's where that, that's where Thanksgiving flavor comes from. That's where all of the memories of stovetop, whatever it is, like think the smell of Thanksgiving is that turkey, that poultry roasting, and then this blend of like dried herbs. <laughs> like it was crazy to discover like that's where it comes from, really. Please 
don't let people buy fresh mandarin oranges and peel them and put the segments in. That's oh, not. Don't big. get it. No fucking cuties allowed in this thing, man. <laughs> <laughs> no cuties allowed in there. It's got to be the segmented can stuff for sure. Don't try to like. Well, nobody should do anything along the lines of like, I'm going to elevate this 70s. Re-. Just like, don't. Yeah. No, that's the wrong move. Yeah. If Dave Arnold can resist the urge, you can too. <laughs> I can't wait till some food writer makes this recipe their own. It's going to be horrible, man. You know what I mean? Like, I made it with Anduya. And, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was my aunt. And we've been making it every day since the 70s. <laughs> Um, stuffing is this practice that dates way, way, way back. You know, the Romans did it. The medieval cooks did it. Uh, you know, early Arabic cooks did it for a couple of reasons. Like one, it's like a fun surprise. You cut into this thing and there's a fun thing in there. But the other one is the reason why we would traditionally stuff a turkey is you've got all these juices running out of your bird as it's cooking. A sort of bready, starchy thing in the middle is going to suck them all in. Do you generally subscribe to that as, as good practice? As like, oh, I should stuff this thing with bread or whatever and and make good use of those juices. I mean, making good use of the juices, yeah, that's that's good. But I honestly like for the for as long, for many years now, I always just rip all the bones out and make a shit ton of stock and gravy with the bones so that I get and then I use the I use the the juices from the bird as ancillary. But you gotta remember a lot of the old time stuffing recipes. Old time, like if you're cooking a pig and you want to stuff it, you were cooking that pig for a long time because you had to break down the the meat. So you weren't in this race to not overcook this like super inflated like robo breast like they have on on turkeys now that like, you know, it's almost impossible for people to cook. That just wasn't the the world that stuffing was actually born into you know what i mean and it just sets unrealistic standards for young turkeys you know what i mean just like gives them bad body image do you know that like we don't even most of the turkeys that we buy are female turkeys because the males now are just so big you ever when you go and you buy like a turkey leg and the turkey legs like this you're like what the fuck turkey did that come from it's just so you don't want to run into that turkey in a dark alley for sure no no i mean the, the feed conversion ratios on turkeys are like phenomenal like they're very efficient now from a feed conversion ratio which is it's a really gross way to think about it but they're actually you know they get big fast what about people who don't serve the thanksgiving with the mashed potatoes and the gravy to go with the stuffing they're like oh it's too much starch it's too much starch wait wait there are people like this in this world (laughs) yeah really yeah who let's let's out them (laughs) i don't i mean like I have people be like, oh, star, so much starch. Oh. I mean, more people you know on the what? coast no, than no, in the no, middle no. of the country. That's for goddamn no, no, I'm sure. I'm not going to say out them. They should be stoned. <laughs> Good old stuff. I mean, stone, if, they were, if they were stoned, they might appreciate the potatoes and the stuffing a little more. Uh, Dave Arnold, minimum number of starches on your Thanksgiving table. Okay. How are you calculating starch? Breads, stuffings, potatoes, noodles, rices. Sweet potatoes? Sweet potatoes count as well. Can I say something? I have to have sweet potatoes, but I don't actually like to eat them. Yeah, yes, yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's obligatory. Yeah. I mean, like, as long as I have the mashed potatoes, the stuffing, then the sweet potatoes with the tiny marshmallows, like, to me, if that's there, I'm like, fine. And the cranberry sauce, which is not a starch, it's just sugar, right? And I don't normally like sweet things with my main course, but, like, I need to have it. You know what I mean? Um, anything else? Canned, canned or fresh? Canned or fresh? Fresh. What's wrong with canned? 
Nothing. That's just not what, what I do. And I'd leave skins on. I'm skins on. I don't strain. Skins on. <laughs> yeah, I'm skins on too, dude. Because I'm not gonna fucking strain out of laziness. I leave the can. I leave the can on too. <laughs> just sweep it out. <laughs> so minimum number of starches. I don't need like a scalloped potato with my mashed potato, right? I don't necessarily need like a rice. Like if someone's like, "Ooh, I, I made this." Like they they're always busting out wild rice, which is not no, rice. No, 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 it's, no. It's, it's not rice. Get that out of here. No. But what other starches do you need to have? David Chang's minimum number of starches, and I'm close to his. I think mine is one less. Dave's minimum number of starches on the Thanksgiving table is six. Six, six to eight. It gets to eight. So you got mac and cheese was one. Yeah. You got mashed potatoes, U.S. sweet potatoes. You got rice. You just got plain white short grain rice, at least in my household. You got chop chai, which is something that we always have in the Korean Thanksgiving like these celebratory noodles, the sweet potato noodles, and you have some kind of roll. Oh, Parker yeah. House roll. Parker House roll. I didn't even count that because, like, if you don't have that, it's, if you don't have a roll, what are we doing? And finally, they have come along with me for my segue. <laughs> so, <laughs> Parker House rolls. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Dave Arnold, give us your Parker House Roll methodology in a nutshell. A lot of butter. (laughs) Like just like a lot of butter. Like, so like, it's not that much butter in the dough. So you make it almost like similar to like a brioche where it's like, it's basically a a milk with like, not that much egg even, right. But like a little bit of egg and and milk and a little, some sugar. And, you know, you, you beat that into the dough until the gluten starts to develop. And then you, you beat butter into it until it gets silky. Right. And then you let that rise. But then here's where the butter goes crazy. You coat the pan with butter. You roll them out into like long strips. You coat that strip with butter and fold it in half, then slice it into rolls, put it in the, in the pan, put butter on it, let it proof up, cook it. And then I brush butter on at the end too. And so Wiley was over the night that I made it. Wiley and Miley were over with their, with their kids. And the, you know, one of the daughters, Ellery, she was like, can I have some butter to put on my roll? I was like, (laughs) yes, yes. I just want you to know ahead of time that that roll is already about 50% butter by the way. <laughs> yes, your your measurements for the butter, there's less butter in the roll dough than there is earmarked for buttering the pan and the rolls themselves. Yeah, yeah. So there's this thing is buttery They're for swimming sure. In, swimming in butter. You were kind enough to adapt the recipe for us to be 
mm, all, mostly all-purpose flour with a little potato flour. Yeah. Usually, I think your recipe called for 85% extraction flour. Yeah. I spared I spared you the uh, eye rolls of Dave Chang and trying to chase that down. But talk to me about what that I is. I made it with both. And I have to say that they were pretty close to each other and people like them both equally. So it's not like you're missing out. AP flour is good. I'm not here to hate on AP flour. You know what I mean? I, I think it's important to put a little bit the reason I say potato flour and not potato starch is potato starch will work fine on the baking, but it's gonna um, it's gonna make the dough a little slacker, right? Potato flour is gonna hold a little more water in the dough while you're working and make it easier to kind of work with when you're rolling it out. But you could if you want to get, but the potato in it just makes it once it's baked, hold on to a little bit of water and makes it brown nicely. Where do you, where does one get the other kind of flour, the extraction flour? I don't know. It's a if you have to ask, you can't you can't get a situation. <laughs> I made this at like eleven PM uh because I there was no way I was gonna have time to make it the next day. I put it all <laughs> Ite's gonna get mad at me. I don't have a, a KitchenAid, so I put it on the dough setting all in a thermomix. And it worked out fucking awesome. Oh, nice. I like how you're like, I don't have a KitchenAid, but I do have a Thermomix. (laughs) (laughs) um, I don't have a stopwatch, but I do have a Rolex. So I just... (laughs) (laughs) Um, And and it was a lot... It was just a super simple recipe, again. This is where I had difficulty. And this shows you my level of intelligence. And this is where I stumbled. Can you guess where I stumbled? The dough came out beautiful. Folding it in half and which way to put it when you put it in the pan. I always mess Reading that up the too. the Pac-Man directions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know what to do. And since I did divided the dough into three portions uh, and having never made this kind of recipe before, I'm usually like, if I'm going to make Parker House rolls, I'll bench them. And then like, I don't cut them in half. You know what I mean? Like, I'll just make them like a roll. So this is the first time I ever made Parker House Roll where it's like like a Pac-Man chip. It took me a while to even understand that. Can I can I say that I also stumbled? This okay, so fuck you, man, making me look can like I an just asshole. Say, can I just say though that like coming from Sambar, where you had basically infinity of that shape every day, <laughs> the fact that you in particular you, couldn't you, get that shape thing. Down? You described it so thoroughly, and then you had yeah. all these numbers flying around, like, divide into three, yeah. then six, I get 12 in this pan, and four in this pan, and this pan, and this pan. My first run at it was like, why did I cut these into weird hot dog shapes yeah. and just put them in here? Like, no, what you, you, they, they end up being like, you know, I don't know. Little, squ- little squares of... Little squares. Yeah. I don't... What am I going to sit there and like make a bunch of rounds and then flatten them and then put a little line and then fold it so they look like little C-shapes? No. No. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even know what was, what, it took me honestly way too long to even figure it out. And I honestly didn't figure it out till after I cut everything. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh. So the, yeah, that's what he meant. So the first, when I sheeted it out, rolled it out, there were different thicknesses and sizes so my rolls were not uh, symmetrical they were all different like sizes number one but ultimately when i stuffed it all in a pan it was going all proof again so i wasn't too worried but i am going to make this recipe again because i do think it's a extremely easy parker house roll recipe 
Can you explain why the yeast that you recommend and why it's bullshit that you don't have to necessarily start the yeast for our listeners? Yeah. So like, like let's say you're used to buying like the, the red star, like the, or the uh, Fleischmann's like um, in the, in the package, the, the dried yeast in the package, like that stuff, like a lot of it's dead already. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so you, you typically with recipes where you're using that, you're putting it into the warm liquid base and you're allowing it to kind of hydrate and start coming back to life before you put it into the less less liquid situation of uh, the dough, right? Or even if you're using like old school cake yeast, you're putting that into like a liquid and you're letting it start get foamy. So if you read a lot of old recipes, that's what they say. If you buy, which I recommend everyone goes and just buys the brick, the vacuum packed brick of SAF red yeast, instant yeast, P.S., that brick costs the same as like two, three packs of yeast. So for the price of like six stupid little Fleischmann's yeast packages, no offense to this Fleischmann's corporation, you get this beautiful brick of like SAF red that will last most people infinity. You know the what rest I mean? Of their lives. And just yeah. keep it, keep it in a Ziploc bag in your fridge. Yeah. And, and that stuff doesn't need that stuff. As long as there's enough moisture that, It'll eventually go in. You can literally mix it straight into the dough because I do it all the time for bread. You know what I mean? I just in, you know, when I'm when I'm yeasting, when I'm not one of these sourdough knuckleheads. Well, well, Dave, like uh, I don't because uh, I made this with a poolish. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. In fact, Dave isn't even worried about He was less worried about getting home in time to record this podcast and more concerned with getting home to feed his starter. He's yeah, just yeah. got to get back. That thing's got to eat twice a day. I love I love these Parker House Roll recipe. I thought it was delicious. My baking skills, uh, my shaping and forming of them uh, didn't get good until the last batch, the last of the third. Yeah. And then I figured out what I should have done from the get-go. But they're delicious. It's a great recipe. It's extremely versatile. And I, again... Great recipe. What, what more can I say that I'm going to make this again for Thanksgiving? It's way better than my own off-the-cuff Parker, Parker House Roll recipe. And it's easy. I chose easy yeah. stuff. Yeah. You weren't expecting it. This was easy. No. It was delicious. My kids ate it up. My kids who eat nothing. This, like, Dave Arnold, you saved my life last night. My kids, like, did not eat anything except for these for dinner, which was great. Uh, Parker House Roll, one of the Hall of Fame foods named for the hotel where it was created, I think, right up there with the Waldorf salad, which is okay. And the hot brown, which is the worst uh, name ever. <laughs> the hot brown, uh, yeah, one of the yeah. best names ever. Hot brown, I'm totally down with. That's a great name. <laughs> what a great name. Uh, my question was, so I, I, I could not find potato flour at my local Ralph's, and I didn't think. I thought as I left the store, like, oh, you know what would have been a pretty decent substitute. Let me ask you if this is true. Like, dehydrated, like mashed potato flakes is essentially. Work. The I don't same know. thing. I haven't thought about it, but, it, but yeah, it probably work, especially if you if you blitz it. I think the the issue with um, mashed potato flakes is they actually preset some of the starch in it. Uh, they okay. do like the the old uh, Jeffrey Steingarten slash Joël Robuchon trick of presetting some of the starch. But I think it'll work. I think it'll do what you want it to do. So so for for the listeners, can you explain presetting the starch? So like what they used to do is when they were cooking. Um, their mashed potatoes, right? So like Steingarten learned this from like the Orida Corporation, right? Where they go and when they're cooking their mashed, making their mashed potato flakes, 
they pre-cook their potatoes at a low temperature so that the enzymes set the, the pectin in the, in the potato so that it doesn't, you know how when you over whip a potato, it goes into glue? So this prevents it from going into glue. Instead, it turns into little BBs, right? And so Joel Robuchon started making potatoes this way. I, th I think he was a guy who started doing it in France. I think based on Steingarten stuff where he could whip like, 50% butter, you know, like equal parts butter and, and mashed potato together. And then you could chill it and you could heat it a la minute and it wouldn't go glue, it wouldn't go gluey. And so like that was the, that's the kind of Steingarten Robuchon. I know Wiley used to do that stuff. I did use potato starch because that's all I had on hand. It's fine. It's fine. It's just potato starch is, I, I, I'm more anal in my, sometimes when I write instructions than I am in like the real life. Potato starch is going to give you the same functionality in the finished roll. These are both going on my Thanksgiving dinner for sure. Like it, beat for beat. I'm not doing anything to these. These are amazing. Like, I appreciate God it. damn you. Ah. God damn. Uh, this was our penultimate season two episode. Voting is still open. We are going to do some, some sort of weighted average, whatever. I, I genuinely think that if any of you guys listen to us and you make these this stuffing these Parker House rolls, like there's no doubt in my mind that Dave Arnold will end up winning this season. I, I, I say a lot of hyperbolic things on this recipe club. <laughs> a lot of things that may be interpreted as false news, which it's not, but they may interpret it as false news. This is not. This is the best recipe of the year. And I'm not just trying to say that's so a Christian doesn't win and Priya Krishna doesn't win on their collusion you know, string beans, bullshit recipe. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that would be believable if you didn't <laughs> throw so much shade in there. <laughs> I can't help myself. But honestly, if you eliminate what I just said, if this is on merit alone, the best recipe of the year. It's very delicious. Uh, so if you cook this, let us know on the Major Domo Media Discord. We're also going to be dropping an expanded ballot that will allow all of you listeners to weigh in on other special commendations for the season. There's going to be, you know, fan favorites and all sorts of uh, other little awards we want you to weigh in on if you've been cooking along with us. So stay tuned and check the Discord for that. You will see Dave Chang, Dave Arnold, and myself making our respective stuffings and Parker House rolls over on the Recipe Club TV feed on Spotify, which is different from this one. You will find a link to the recipes in the podcast description, also on our Discord server. Dave Arnold, this was an insane pleasure. If you throw any bomb in the water, but we're all going to go. You know what I mean? That's the thing. We can just keep any subject. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I can't believe you're still in traffic. What is wrong with your city, dude? So, so let me tell you, can I tell you legitimately what happened when I started this podcast with you guys, I was 3.8 miles away from my house. I'm currently 3.6 miles away <laughs> from my house. <laughs> That's insane, man. That's insane. Uh, well, hopefully by the time we come back for the last season finale of recipe club, Dave Chang will have reached his home. But if not, you know, I got, I got to, what can I just add? What do you do when you have to go to the bathroom? and you're stuck in traffic, and there's no bottles to go, and what if you have to go number two? Like, what do you do, Dave Arnold? You don't have a Snapple bottle in your car at all times? No. But Snapple bottle can't, can't contain Snapple, this man's number what two. If, <laughs> what if you have to go number two as well? Like, this clearly happens to people.
This was almost the first episode of Recipe Club without Poo Poo Talk, but we didn't make it. We didn't make it, everybody. So, so the streak oh. continues. Cal Rifkin continues to play. We're going for the Iron streak oh. now. There will never be a Recipe Club without Poo Poo. Um, subscribe. You. Subscribe Thank to you guys. this. Rate this. Love you guys. Thanks.